Well, after having a few weeks off, um, it's really good to be back recording uh, here with the Down to Earth podcast. And I've got a very, very special guest uh, today with my older brother, Steve-O, out of Sanctuary Church in Greenville, South Carolina. I feel like we've been trying to do this for forever, (laughs) Uh, but nepotism nepotism wins. (laughs) If I had known how much you were paying pastors to do this, I would have done this. Months ago, and our Christmas shopping would have been so much better. Oh, yeah. Tens of dollars, uh, <laughs> tens and tens of dollars. No, but I'm really glad that it finally uh, worked out today. So um, huge shout out to you, though. I've, I've mentioned you in a few of my previous episodes just because of the book recommendation ones. I know you're a big book nerd as well. And you've introduced me to a lot of like local church uh, book material, which is actually really helpful uh, for summer and, and myself as we were looking at churches here and everything. So I owe yeah. you a lot uh, for your wisdom and uh, many nights of talking about that stuff. So it's good to have you yeah, on, as, you know, yeah, it's kind of what we're, we're talking about. Um, one thing, uh, if you don't know the Forster family, um, we're huge Gamecocks. So Steve-O went to the university of South Carolina uh, and you started with sport management there, but now you are, a pastor. So what kind of happened there? Um, what kind of was your, I guess, call to ministry and what did that look like for you? Yeah, well, I'll try not to pick a fight with you on your own <laughs> podcast. Uh, but I guess we've never talked about the use of the phrase call to ministry. Mm. We never, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite phrase, but I sure. will slide this time. Maybe that's for another episode. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But uh, well, I guess we can just go back 10 years um, to 2012. Um, I was a student at South Carolina with no plans to pursue church leadership in any capacity, really. Mm. Uh, I was a Christian. I loved Jesus. I loved the church. I was involved in my local church at the time, but pastoring was not on my radar. Um, Mm. then some of the leaders of the church started having more intentional conversations with me about pastoring. And I remember meeting with one of them for lunch at Jason's deli. And we caught up for a few minutes before he asked me, he asked, have you ever considered being a pastor? And that was one moment that it, it kind of began to change everything for me. And I can't really explain what that did other than it made mm. make me at least take seriously the possibility that God may want me to do that. Um, so this pastor saw the value of the local church and the importance of raising up other pastors. And he took initiative mm. to try to draw that out of me and from that point on really the whole church was investing in me and providing opportunities for me to teach. And, um, they discipled me, you know, Mm -hmm. they were demonstrating faithfulness to the Lord and they watched for my spiritual fruit and they gave me encouragement and even correction at times. And so they were discipling me and that's kind of the church side of what was going on at the time. Yeah. And then, at school, I had started developing a relationship with Ray Tanner, who was the baseball coach at the time. 
um, back-to-back national champion. Let's you know, go, dude. Coach at the time. Um, but he, he ended up getting me a marketing internship that I had really wanted to pursue. And so I had plans to, you know, long-term stay in Columbia and I was going to be working in athletics and have a family pretty much as simple as that. And it all seemed to be like coming together. Um, and then I started the job <laughs> and yeah. I kid you not, dude, like from the very first week, I knew that wasn't it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Like it was still, it's still one of the coolest experiences of my life. And I got to meet a lot of great people and coaches and players who I still have relationships with, but it, it wasn't where I was going with my life. Like this was going to be about the local church. And I knew like I wanted to pastor. Mm. So I even remember like talking to Lauren and just being like, so yeah, I think I'm going to pursue being a pastor. <laughs> and her, she was really surprised and, I hope it wasn't because of my character. Yeah. Wow. You're going to pastor. Let's talk qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was like a first Timothy issue, but um, we had, we just had other plans, you know? And so we kind of worked through that and it was like this collision course of, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling leadership over here, kind of getting me to consider what the Lord might be doing. And then my dreams on this side, like completely falling apart. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, so maybe this is what I'm going to start going after. And so we got married and, and we stayed plugged into, you know, our local church, Rocky Creek. And, and I didn't know what to do with myself even during that. And so I went to seminary, you know, and even that helped shatter my categories in my brain regarding like the Bible and preaching and pastoring. And so, I mean, long story short, you know, I would preach when I was given opportunities and ended up with, um, a preaching opportunity before sanctuary, just kind of like a standalone thing. And, you know, it kind of led to some discussion and and here we are. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. It's always good to kind of hear that, you know, because I feel like knowing you obviously my whole life, but I feel like in particular, since that point, you know, when you were in college um, and kind of making that shift, you know, and I started noticing that we started talking about that more. And I feel like even more so in the last, I don't know, I could be wrong, maybe like five years, I have just sensed a lot more of a, a passion for the local church. And I feel like so much so that even if you weren't on a full-time, you know, uh, position or like on staff at a church, um, Mm. I feel like that would still be there. I, I don't know. Again, I couldn't put like a date on it, but I just feel like over the last several years, it's just been more and more of a uh, topic that we've talked about, whether it is about church leadership stuff or uh, church membership and why that's important or, or books on it. I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like you've definitely have just developed a lot more of a passion for it. It's rubbed off on me for sure. Um, because I guess being on my own here with summer and joining a church for the first time, I'm seeing a lot of it in just a new light. Um, and your kind of mentorship in that way, I guess, uh, or wisdom that I've, I've just been able to see it in action, um, here. And so, no, it's been really cool to see that kind of shift. And it's been awesome to see uh, talking with Joe a few times, uh, at sanctuary, uh, just running him a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, it's good talking with him. And so, no, I think it's a great, 
a great place. And um, yeah, really thankful for, for you sharing all of that. Um, as you know, and, and we've talked about this too, I, I like to meet with pastors and, and ask them some of these questions. So I'm excited to kind of hear your, your answers. Um, so at much yeah, <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what would you kind of say, I guess, being at, at sanctuary now, how long have you been there? Exactly. So I'll be starting year three in like March, end of March okay. or beginning of April or something like that. So, okay. Gotcha. So yeah, given your, your time there, what is something that's really stood out to you? Like what's something that you really, really enjoy about, you know, your congregation, your church, um, you know, what's something that just almost immediately brings you joy, you know, when you think about where you're at right now, man. Um, I love our church family. I love our church family. And if you actually happen to be a church member listening to this, <laughs> please know how much I love and appreciate you and how honored I am to, to be in this journey with you. Um, gosh, there's, there are so many things I could say. Um, one area that I feel um, like our church excelling at it might be a little surprising or it might be kind of an unusual answer for something like this, but mm. I would say kindness. <laughs> okay. Um, our church is full of very kind people. And I know that isn't like saying, well, we've got, you know, 97 different ministries or, you know, like yeah, our church is featured on ESPN top 10, you know, <laughs> this Sunday or whatever. Um, but like, it's not a cool answer, I guess in one sense, but what is the fruit of the spirit? You know, mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it should be overlooked. Um, I think the kindness of our people should be highlighted. I think it should be celebrated. Um, and I yeah. think, I think our churches all should look for the fruit of the spirit and highlight those and, and rejoice in what we see. Um, mm. I would even say like before officially stepping into this role, um, when I preached that standalone sermon, which was completely like unexpected on a whim had to fill in because there was like sickness and stuff with the yeah, elders yeah. here. Um, I'll never forget how welcoming kind and like hospitable the people were to someone they had never met. And I even got in my car and like called Lauren when I left and I was like, can we please like start praying about yeah. <laughs> an opportunity here? Like there was nothing offered, nothing. I mean, it was just like, okay, there's something to these people. Um, I remember our first like small group meeting together and just how evident the love and the care that they had for one another was. Um, I, I see their kindness in just bearing with one another and just whether it's, you know, just conflict that you're, you're kind of bearing with one another through, or just, you know, you've right. got some who are maybe more mature spiritually and you've got others who are not and just how they're walking together. I mean, it's been pretty evident. And I mean, honestly, I could give countless examples of just how they selflessly like serve one another. Honestly, I could, I can't think, I can't choose between like kindness and <laughs> I mean, I love our church family. So I would just say kindness though, is something that when I just think about our body, there's nothing that the world, you know, mm. 
would would say, wow, like they have 5,000 people who gather every Sunday or they have the, you know, right, right. Whatever, you know, all of the gimmicks and stuff. No, we just are people who've been saved. Um, and we belong to the Lord and we actually belong to one another. And, and it's just, it feels like a, a family. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I can somewhat speak to that a little bit just because I, when I visited a few weeks ago, uh, I kind of came in towards the tail end of y'all's, uh, small group meeting and, um, just got yes. to very briefly meet, you know, yeah, a couple of, of the, uh, the folks there, but loved it. Like, I felt like I knew some of them for a while, just how out the gate, you know, just having conversation. I mean, so much laughter, um, which was just really, it's always fun to hear that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I can totally just in my limited experience can totally sense that, you know, with just a genuine kindness, that's more than just good old Southern people, but you know, there's, (laughs) you know, like there's an actual, um, like model that they're trying to, to live after, I guess, you know, in, in Jesus yes, and yes. like, you know, it, it's, it's like an intangible thing, but it's so obvious at the same time. Um, if that's even the right word for it, but no, that's, a good way, that's a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, no, and kind of the opposite, like one things with, yeah, asking churches here before joining, I, I definitely wanted to try to get some honest answers. Um, cause it's easy to say really nice things about church and I'm not asking you to bash it <laughs> now, uh, just shift gears, <laughs> but what, what would you say kind of the reverse, you know, what is one area where, uh, again, you've been there somewhat a short time, I guess, I mean, three yeah. years, but like in that time frame, you know, what are some things maybe you want to see grow, you know, or mature and, and change? And then what would you kind of advise or maybe say would be some practical steps to like, see that kind of happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, one area that comes to mind that um, I've shared with some of our members and even like our elders have had discussion on is evangelism. And I don't know if that's something any of these other episodes you've done, if other pastors have mentioned that um, if, if so, go listen to their answer, yeah. not mine, but um, you know, evangelism, sharing yeah. the gospel with the lost, with the intent to just see them converted, you know, um, we, we, it's not that it's non-existent and we have done things as a church body, um, to make this a part of who we are. Um, but when I just see us as a whole and I, you know, I hear what our people are praying for, um, and what they want to see happen, it's going to require obedience on our end even more. And it's going to require even Mm -hmm. more intentionality as far as, how we do things. Um, and so that's, that would kind of be my answer is evangelism. You know, let's just kind of turn up the notch a little bit almost, um, in outreach and and sharing the gospel with those who may not have even ever heard it. Um, right. At least those who are, are not churched, you know? Right. Right. No, I think that's, yeah, it makes sense. Um, do you feel like there's, um, how should I say, like, like as a pastor, like you said, you've got elders and things like that. So are there things that you're like in leadership are doing to kind of lead in that direction? Or, you know, obviously I know you and how you've talked about, you know, uh, your neighbors and things like that. So obviously I feel like 
there's um an example being set you know i don't know how often you talk about that stuff but you know mm-hmm. um yeah like as a as a leader in your church like okay here's this vision where this is what we want to see you know yeah turned up a little bit but like now what are some things you would maybe say if you were talking maybe one on one with a member like some things that they can do in their context to kind of do that more yeah so just basically like how can this person or how can we as a church be more effective right in this well one thing that we've done since i've um been here is we've done um kind of like prayer walking um Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood surrounding the church building and we've done other things to try to minister to them um and i think one i think it's got to start with prayer um praying that the lord would give you know opportunities for us to share the gospel prayer for obedience. And that starts with mm. me and leadership, but you know, for our, for our people knowing what to do, but also doing it. Right. Um, I do think it, I need to be evangelizing to others myself um, to set the example and to demonstrate what that looks like. Right. Um, but it can't stop there. I mean, I also think letting other people kind of in on that and, seeing what faithfulness looks like so i mean um yeah even with our small group you know we've we've had neighbors who have been attending our weekly small group and every single week i'm sharing the gospel explicitly out loud you know and Mm -hmm. what i'm doing is i am trying to evangelize i'm trying to share the gospel but i'm also in a room full of 10, 12 other people or seeing that happen. And I think that's a very simple and effective way to kind of make that a part of what we do. Mm. Um, I think even in preaching, like preaching and making application points that involve evangelism. um, Mm. Like if the Lord expects us to share the gospel, then part of my role is to encourage them to do that. You know, right. um, they have everything they need to do it well. Um, you know, they've got God's word and they have God's spirit. Some of them feel like they need more training and that could be the case, but sure. But, you know, making it application points from like sermons and then honestly celebrating people in our church who are already doing like a really good job of that. We have several people who I'm aware of um, who have told me stories, you know, they've called me late at night about an interaction they had with someone and we need to do even an even better job of making our church aware of that. Hey, we've got people in our own family here who are doing this, get with them, you know, and let's do this together. So those are maybe some things I would say. Um, and I'm trying not to be too long winded, but how much time do we have? Are you keeping track here? Dude, I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we've um, only got like two other questions so we're you're good because because i kind of come from this perspective um in first thessalonians 4 um paul writes and he tells them um i was going to try to find the verse real quick i think it's four one um he says Finally, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus 
that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Mm. And so what are kind of, what, what do we hear that like for Christians, we always have room for improvement, right? He's saying, I'm yeah. urging you to do this more and more. So you've got room for improvement, but also that like God is not, it's not the Christian life. And it's never a slam dunk or an air ball. And that's yeah. those are the only two options, <laughs> you know, a home run right. or a strikeout. Like God isn't an all or nothing God when it comes to our spiritual walk. And so he looks at us, he, he sees us even in our sin, he covers our sin. And then he calls us to keep going, you know, and, mm. and he's mm. pleased with our victories when we're doing well by faith. And then he's also patient with us right. as we, as we kind of stumble and we can't mm. quite figure it out, but we keep going, you know? Mm. So I would just even say like, to my church that if you're listening, know that I'm <laughs> proud of you and I'm grateful for the work of the gospel in your life. Well, let's keep going. You know, right. I've seen you serve the Lord in evangelism. I've heard the gospel shared with the lost. You're pleasing God. Keep pleasing him. Let's keep going. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. Definitely. We all, we all have work to do. And you know what? we can still please God, even when we have work to do, you know? Right. No, that's great. No, that's a really good, um, yeah. Explanation one and like a perfect, um, text to kind of, yeah, put that, put some hands and feet to it because yeah, that's a great example for leadership, not only to encourage, you know, Hey, where you're seeing improvement, but like you said, it's, we're never finished. We'd never graduate from being less than perfect (laughs) at this point, you know, in life. And, um, to continue to push on in faith and in, in God's grace, um, that he's so again, yeah, graciously allows us to be a part of his work here, um, to just, yeah, keep going and, um, to keep improving and to keep pushing. I think that's awesome. Um, and no, I don't think anyone else has used, um, yeah, evangelism yet. So that's a, a good new, you know, unique answer. Uh, love to hear that. Um, the last kind of, or third question, I guess, you know, what is, what is one theological conviction, you know, kind of a big word, but, um, I know you and I've had a lot of good talks about <laughs> the big T word yeah. theology. Um, it's always fun, but you know, with your church and stuff, you know, it's the, the old phrases, I guess, like practice what you preach, you know? So like, what mm. is one theological conviction that you and your church holds? And then how does that actually practically play out within, you know, your ministry practice, either as a pastor or just as a church as a whole, maybe. Hmm. And who knows, you might've just answered it with evangelism, but (laughs) uh, there was something different. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think, man. Um, I think the one answer I would give or one answer I could give, I could talk about for 20 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, our, our view of the sovereignty of God um, is very big. Um, we, we preach a very big God, a very purposeful God. Um, mm-hmm. 
but see, then again, I'm going, I'm going to start talking. I think I need to go more ecclesiological here, <laughs> just, you know, kind of talk about how, how maybe it's just a different branch of theology, but like we have a plurality of elders. Um, and I believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Our church believes in that. And I think it does some really good things for us that may not be able to be accomplished otherwise. I mean, I guess I can only speak for me personally here, but uh, knowing that we have a plurality of elders, I mean, I never feel like I'm on an island. I never feel like I'm facing some sort of situation or a decision. And it's just, it's just on me, you know, I never, I never, feel like that. Um, if I do feel like that, it's because I am trying to take it upon myself. Um, mm. but, but how we're, how we're structured, um, how we see that we're supposed to be doing ministry here. It keeps me from feeling like I got to show up and I got to bring it and I got to make the right decision. Um, and so that's very, very like freeing on that side. Mm. Um, it probably safeguards me from sin too, because it keeps me from having the opportunity to be so self-centered. I, I can't yeah. make the, the decision on my own. You know what I mean? I can't be the sure. one to just turn the ship. Um, however, I, however I see fit, um, right. that would not go well. It just wouldn't, you know, it would right. not go well. And so there's a level of safeguard from sin. I think that can be in place. It can help with that. Um, and to be honest with you, this is another thing I thought about when I thought about our church. I just, I really feel like they trust the leadership here. Mm. I think they want to follow the leadership. And I think a plurality of elders, it helps us hold and keep the trust of the congregation because there's not this suspicion that any one person is trying to overtake (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like- no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, what you're saying makes complete sense. Like if your church holds to, yeah, that type of, um, model, I guess for church polity, or I guess, yeah, however yeah. you would want to describe it, but, um, yeah, having that not only for the benefit of you and your fellow pastors with that, like you said, the safeguard or, the accountability, um, the unity type of aspect with leading a congregation, but then also from the congregation's point of view, like you said, now there's trust because one person, yeah, isn't calling all the shots, trying to take over. Um, and I think that helps, you know, like you said, with evangelism, that's something you want to see grow. And I think if your congregation can actually trust the leadership of the church, knowing that it is in a plurality and, it's all working together like a body, you know, a lot of parts, one body, um, you know, that it helps put that vision, that leadership cast, you know, into action. And so, mm-hmm. no, I think, yeah, what you're saying makes complete sense. And I mean, and we're, we're congregational ruled. So, I mean, right. Uh, you know, we have, I, I, I just like where we're at. I think it's healthy. I think it, um, it safeguards us in a lot of different ways and I'm trusting that the Lord is going to continue to use it to, you know, Mm. to, to grow our people and to grow me 
and yeah, to, to add more to our number, if you will. So absolutely. No, that's awesome, man. Uh, the last question, I guess we can try to cover, um, before we go, um, each, each week I do give a pastor a unique question. So pretty much everyone answers the one you just did, uh, those first three. And this last one's definitely unique to each individual. So your question, um, is again, given your experience with where you've been, um, uh, whether in that residency program with Rocky Creek or now on staff at sanctuary, those things, like, what do you feel, pastors might tend to either undervalue or underestimate, you know, when being a part of a, a congregation or, or leading a congregation and, or maybe one thing you feel that might be overestimated or maybe overvalued. Um, I guess you can kind of take your pick um, with which one of those areas maybe you want to cover, but what are kind of your thoughts? What kind of comes to mind when, when you hear that question? Hmm, man. I don't know. Um, what, what pops into my brain as far as I'll try to be quick, I guess for undervaluing, I think there's maybe, and even churches tend to undervalue deacons or those Hmm. willing to serve in the body. Um, when you have to delegate, then that automatically means that somebody can't do it all. <laughs> right. That, that, that admits need. It, it, it shows that you're relying on someone. And I just think like a lot of times it's easy for pastors and this is me included to feel like we have to accomplish everything. And you've got people, mm. especially in a healthy church, people who are willing to <laughs> have their lives inconvenienced to serve someone or, you know, to do anything, to accomplish something. Um, And I just think pastors and churches need to uh, recognize those who are willing to serve and let them use the gifts that God's given them. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, they just need maybe a little bit of direction, you know, maybe a little bit of encouragement, but I think pastors should explain why we need different, you know, help or different coordination or, um, why members are, you know, they should use their time and their energy in certain ways. But, um, I mean, I remember when we were talking, uh, getting ready to affirm one of our deacons, um, and he was like, I just, I just want to look for needs and I just want to, I just want to meet people where they are. I just want to help however I can. Yeah. And he was saying, so like, if this needs, I can't remember his example, but he basically was like, if this needs to be done, I can just like do it. And we were like, yes, like, yes, <laughs> we trust you. These people trust you, you know, and so do it. And so I think we need to be more willing and, and to, to look for that people who want to serve, let them serve. Um, that's what pastors jobs are anyways, right. To equip people right. to do ministry. Um, as far as like overvaluing, I don't, I don't know, man. I, my initial thing to think is like social media and feeling like the need to say things on social media, Um, whether that's addressing politics or even if it's just like really good insight from something they read or something they've been thinking about. There are so many times where I see guys and they post things, which keep posting them. That's what you feel is best. Um, But there's almost like, 
these times where I go, I really hope this person is saying this to their church body too. And not just like dropping it into Blasting. the Facebook world and just yeah. hoping it lands. Like you have people you're responsible for. I would love, I would love to see, and maybe it is happening, but more yeah. people um, just emphasizing what they can say um, on a Sunday morning than, you know, at nine o'clock at night when everyone's trying to go to bed and stuff. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can be cynical as well. So I'm trying not to be cynical, but I would just say, pastor, you've got people in front of you and, um, the things that you're saying are probably really, really good. And they can be edifying for those who read, make sure that those things get to your people. Um, right. You know what I mean? Uh, make yeah. sure, make sure it gets to your people. So that's what I would say, man. Um, but pastors also keep, keep posting on social media, things that are good and edifying yeah. <laughs> as well. So, yeah, no, I, I like that. It's a good answer. Um, both for, yeah. Undervaluing maybe, you know, deacons and like putting them in positions to serve because it, it does help, you know, everybody. And like you said, it's the job of your pastor to do that. Um, so I love that answer. And then, yeah, maybe overvaluing, uh, yeah, social media presence maybe, or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, because yeah, how that can always turn out one way or the other, but yeah, to promote, like, um, keep posting, you know, uh, if you know the good stuff, I guess, but, um, yeah, trying not yeah. to, yeah, overdo it, I guess. Like you said, if it's like nine o'clock and you're blasting stuff, it's like, is that maybe the best <laughs> method? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, that's, that's awesome, man. Thank you so, so much for, really everything, man. Uh, I know in the past without this microphone, we've, we've had many a good conversation. So I'm really grateful that you, uh, took some time. I know you got to get home to the fam, but thank you for being willing to yeah, sit and talk, answer some questions. Um, it's been, it's been really good for me. So, uh, I know for you, just make sure you keep a tab of everyone, in your congregation that does and does not listen. And we'll, we'll try to handle it, I guess. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt yeah hey dude awesome. i'm really proud of you man and uh i never thought we would be doing something like this so this is kind of cool but um i think this is a yeah. good idea and um i think we should pay google like ten thousand dollars to get this sponsored and, <laughs> and spread to the internet so yeah man i think so too we'll, we'll see what we could do uh well thanks again for those listening appreciate you guys uh following up and, and staying in touch i know it's been a few weeks since the last one but really grateful to be releasing this one with my brother uh steve-o uh steven forster formerly the reverend uh steven forster um but uh for those that don't know you can follow us on social media uh, on facebook we are on uh, the down to earth podcast and then on instagram it's down to earth convo so feel free to follow Follow along. Uh, and as always, stay in tune for the next episodes. Grace and peace. Mm-hmm.